0: Ecclesiastes chapter 4. We're going to get there in, a, in just a minute, but uh, we're continuing this series. We started uh, the very first Sunday in January, New Year's Day, January 1st, ready, set, Go. How many of you have been here uh, at least a couple Sundays since we started this series? Some of y'all have been here at least, all right, cool, most of you. Uh, If you haven't, you can catch up on the podcast. Go check it out, and they're all on there. But this really is part of the the word that we're declaring and we feel over this church for this year is this is a year to run. This is a year for us to pursue destiny, to go further and go faster than we ever have before. I've been saying this uh, for several months now, and it is completely and totally true. There has never been a more exciting time to be part of the high praise family than right now. We are running and we are going after God. God is doing things. Things are shifting and things are happening. And God's just doing incredible things. We've already just over the past six months seen so many testimonies of what God is doing. And we are just getting started in a season of fulfillment. And I'm just so excited. I I, I wake up every day that we get to come to church or that we as a staff get to come into the office. And I wake up every day excited about what God is going to do. Because I wake up expecting that God is going to do something powerful, that doors are opening, that incredible things are happening, that prophetic promises are being fulfilled in this season. And that means this, if God's doing it for this church, He's doing it for you and for your family. I shared in the first service, if you were here last week, we officially, they had been doing it already for a couple weeks, but we officially laid hands on and installed Pastors Garrett and Becca Moreland as the youth pastors here at High Praise Student Pastors. And they're just doing a marvelous job, incredible work. Uh, I shared this in the first service, and I didn't know if y'all, have y'all even heard the extent of that before the first service. No, um, they never even heard it. But if you've been at High Praise for a long time, you might remember this. It's probably about 15 years ago. Uh, we had a service. Apostle Leon Walters was in. If you know Leon, he functions really strongly prophetically. And we were in that other building across across the way, in the gin building, what we call now the gin building. But it was our sanctuary then. And Apostle Leon began to prophesy to the church and he said, I don't know how, I don't know when. He goes, but the only thing I know is I see this, this building that we're in right now. He specifically said this building, right, Gil, Paul, this building we're in right now. And I see it just filled with young people, with teenagers and their lives being changed and them going after God and people being completely in the community being turned upside down because of a revival God is going to do in young people in this building. That was at least 15 years ago. On Wednesday night, this past Wednesday night, since we've made some changes and adjustments to youth and Garrett and Becca have taken over and we're doing some new and fresh things, on Wednesday night, we had 110 students in the building across the way and it was full of young people worshiping. You can go to the High Praise Youth, High Praise YTH, Instagram, Facebook, see some of the pictures. But I'm telling you, and listen, that's not a culmination, that's just the starting line. I remember actually when Garrett can tell you, when he came on staff, I said, Garrett, I really want to see us get to where we keep, we're having 100 students every Wednesday. I said, how long is it going to take us to get there, do you think? He said, I think we can do it by the summer. It's January. <laughs> and God's already doing it. And I believe firmly we're just getting started, okay? And listen, I say that to say this. I believe this is a season of the beginning of prophetic fulfillment over your life and over this body and what God's going to do. Some of you have words that you've put on the shelf and you thought it ain't going to happen. Listen, take it off the shelf because when God says He's going to do something, He's going to do what He said He was going to do when we remain faithful. I want you to believe again and to run again after what God promised because He's not done, He's not finished, and He's just getting started with your life and the process he's doing and your greatest days are yet ahead because we're going to run like we have never run before. Yeah. I believe this is going to be the best year that you've seen for your family, the best year we've seen for this body. And I know some of you think, well, how can that be pastor? Haven't you seen the news? Haven't you seen, have you seen the price of eggs? <laughs> I have, I buy them. I've seen the cost of groceries. I've seen the cost of gas. I've seen all of that stuff. But you know what? My God shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. And I don't function on the economy of man. I function at a higher level and a higher plane. And even when man says recession, God says breakthrough. And I'm not just gonna believe the report of the news or the prognostication of what people are saying because when God says something, God outweighs everything that man says. And God outweighs the trajectory Of the economy, and God outweighs what's going on in the political realm, and God outweighs what's going on even in Russia and on a national scale. God's word is final, and just because man says one thing, God says, Uh uh, that's not for me, that's not for my people, and I'm gonna bring them through to the other side in victory and in fulfillment, even when things look dark. Can somebody say amen this morning? God didn't bring you this far to leave you. We're gonna run this year like we've never run before. 2023 is a year to run like you've never run before. Look at somebody and say, I'm going to run. Now, before I get to the scripture, I want to share something with you real quick. I had a good friend of mine, uh, Pastor Cole Burks. He's a pastor, lead pastor of Hope Unlimited Church in Knoxville. That's actually where Pastors Robert and Stacy are this morning. It's where mom and dad are. They're in Knoxville there for their five-year anniversary celebration uh, with uh, Pastor Uh, Pastors Cole and Anna And also Pastors uh, Casey and Lindsay Doss And they're having a great time And Dad's ministering for them this morning Uh, But I had Cole call me this week And you have to know Cole Cole is incredibly practical Okay Cole is not a weird, squirrely Has a new word every week You know Has 17 dreams a week Kind of guy You ever met people like that? Everything they dream God's saying something Sometimes you're just having a dream (laughs) Sometimes you just ate too much pizza the night before, and things were a little bit upset, and you just had a dream. God's not saying something through everything. But Cole is not the kind of guy that just calls and is like, I've, I've got a word. Like, he's he's never done this in all the years that I've known Cole. He's never done this. And earlier this week, he called me. He said, hey, you got a man? I said, yeah. And uh, he said, I, I had a dream this week, and I really feel like it's for you and for the church and for the season y'all are in. I said, well, hit me with it. And uh, he said, in this dream, you were up on the stage and you were preaching on a Sunday morning in front of everyone in the congregation. And you were telling everybody that this is a season and a time to run. And I immediately said, hold on. I said, have you like listened to the podcast or been watching any of this stuff? He goes, no, I haven't seen anything since January. I've been so busy. I said, just go listen to a couple podcasts and see if that makes a little more sense. And I sent him one and he started listening. He said, oh. Well, it makes a lot more sense why that was in my dream then. And uh, he said, then in the dream, his perspective shifted and he looked out over the congregation and the congregation was full of people and everyone's feet were on fire. Not in a bad way, in a good way. Like they were ready to go. They were ready to run. There There was some fire in our feet to run. Amen. And then Cole's perspective shifted again back to the stage, and I was preaching, and he said a number appeared behind me, and that number was 26.2. Now, that's significant in a couple ways, but one way, if you don't know this, 26.2 miles is the length of a marathon. If you are here a couple weeks ago, I was preaching, and I said, we're not in this just for the sprint. We're in this for the marathon. He said, but then the Lord spoke to him after he saw 26.2 and the Lord told him, these aren't just marathon runners. These are ultra marathon runners. Now, there's a lot of different lengths for ultra marathons, but one of the lengths is 100 miles. A lot of times they just call it a miler, which is crazy to me because if I run 100 miles, you're going to call it a 100 miler. You ain't going to take it away and call it a miler. You're going to call it a 100 miler if I'm going 100 miles. Can somebody say amen. I think there's a lot of significance in this. One, God is just confirming his word to us that's already been being spoken, that this year is a year where we're going to run like we've never run before. But I think there's also significance, oddly enough, in that number 26.2, beyond just the marathon, and that is this. We have completed now 26 years of ministry as a body, and we are about to enter the second month of the 26th year, 26.2. Two, which I believe is significant because of this. I did a little research about ultra-marathon runners, and ultra-marathon runners say that the most difficult part of the ultra-marathon is the first 26.2 miles. And once you get past that hurdle, it's like everything else just fades away and it becomes much easier to run the next 74. I know that seems wild, but they say that for these people, something just kicks in. And that next. 74 is a lot easier than the first 26. Can I just say for this church body that I believe that we are coming into a place where there's going to be an ease to run like we haven't had before. Where there's been some pain and difficulty while pursuing destiny before, we're getting past a hurdle to where it's going to become easier for us to go after destiny, easier to go after purpose, easier to hit the mark. We're still going to work, we still have to exert ourselves, but we're going to be absent some of the pain that we May have had previously some of the difficulties. Some of you just in the past couple of years, as a body, as a region, as an area, as a nation, over the past several years, there has been some struggle. There was a hurricane that was quite destructive, <laughs> that had to be overcome. I was actually showing showing Garrett a, a, a video uh, this week, just kind of of the history of the church from our twenty five year, and we got to the portion. The first service we had in here after the hurricane and the side doors were popped open and it was a terrible sound system in here and, and there was no AC and everybody was hot. But you know what? At the end of the day, we made it through. We made it through. And about the time we got kind of reestablished from that, COVID hit. <laughs> And that had its own that uh, its own set of obstacles and difficulties and trials to overcome. But can I just tell you, I believe we're getting past a place of difficulty and we're going to hit our stride in this season like we never have before. Am I saying there's never going to be an issue? Absolutely not. But we're going to make it through whatever faces us, whatever difficulty, and we're going to make it the full distance. We're not in this for the short haul. We're in this for the long haul. We're in this for the ultra long haul. We're not just in in this for our generation. We're in this for the generations that are yet to come. We're in this for people who haven't even been born yet that one day will call high praise home and family. And we're setting groundwork right now. And we're running a race so that one day we can pass the baton to a generation after us. And they can keep running because the destiny of this church isn't done just in one generation. But it is multi-generational to accomplish the will and plan of God within our lives and within this body. Can somebody say amen? I want you to read this with me, Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 9. Familiar passage of scripture. It says this, Two are better than one, because they have a good reward for their labor. For if they fall, one will lift up his companion. But woe to him who is alone when he falls, for he has no one to help him up. Again, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one be warm alone? Though one may be overpowered by another, two can withstand them, and a threefold cord is not easily broken. I want to talk to you a little bit today about running in community. Running in community, because I believe that there's even some significance in that dream Cole had, that whenever he looked, it wasn't just my feet that were on fire. It wasn't just the staff it was just a few people in the congregation but when he looked out it was everyone it was a community that was ready to run the reality is this you were never intended to run your race alone god always operates in team and in community god always operates in team And in community, the writer of Ecclesiastes here, who is classically considered Solomon, is telling us this: You are more effective with other people. You can't do it by yourself. I don't care how great, how anointed, how powerful, how whatever you are, talented and gifted, you can't do it by yourself. You need other people. I need other people. We all need each other to fulfill God's plan and God's purpose. God shows this so much that in the garden, God said, say, God said, God said this when he made Adam, he said, it is not good for man to be alone. Now we've taken that and we've made it and primarily attributed it to marriage. And that is true. And that is, that is one application and it is a good application. And the married people said, Amen. Amen. But the reality is this: there is a bigger picture that God is even painting, which is this. You can't do anything as the Lone Ranger or as the solo act. You need other people in your life to fulfill what God has called you to fulfill. You weren't intended to do life and destiny by yourself. When Jesus walked to the earth, He called twelve men, twelve disciples, to walk with Him, to do life, and to do life and ministry with Him. I don't know if you know this, the the apostles did life with Jesus, not just ministry. They didn't just lay hands on people together. They ate together. They didn't just cast out demons together. I believe they probably joked around together because they were human beings. They didn't speak with English accents in Old English, no matter how many movies you've seen where that's what they do. Always amazes me when you watch a Bible movie and they all become English. It's fascinating. Somehow in the Middle East, they picked up English accents and Old English dialect. These were men, and not only were they men, they were young men, which I don't want to get into that right now. But the reality is, there was probably only a couple of them that were over you know, 21, 22 years old. Most of them were young, very young men. I've been around some, I was a young man and still am a young man in Jesus' name. Not that young anymore, but still young. And I've, I, I've hung out. with my friend I'm getting ready to go. I'm going on, uh, on Friday. We're taking, I'm going with, with Pastors Garrett and Becca, myself, Pastor Miranda. And we're taking like 60 people down to rock the universe uh, for a youth trip. And it's going to be great. And the majority of them are like under the age of 20. And y'all just pray for me. <laughs> no, we're going to have a good time. But the reality is this. Whenever you get around a group like that, there's a lot of joking. There's a lot of fun. There's a lot of life and energy. The disciples were not bored people who didn't have fun and just walked around super serious all the time because they were doing ministry. In our staff, we spend as much time having fun, and we don't get me wrong, we work. We work a lot. And our staff is hardworking and they're diligent, but we, we know how to have fun while we're working, while we're doing the work of the ministry. We know how to build relationship. And Jesus did this with his disciples. And listen, we, we oftentimes forget, it doesn't just stop with the disciples, but he calls 70 other people. And he anoints them to go out and do the work of ministry. And when he sends them out, he doesn't send them out to 70 different places. The Bible says he sends them out two by two. He sends them out in teams. Everything God does, he does in teams. When Paul ministered, he ministered with other people. He ministered in team. You need other people. There are no solo powerhouses in the kingdom. Yeah, I said this in the first service. I've heard this for years being said. The day of the one-man show is over. How many of you heard somebody say that from a pulpit or something of that nature? And I've heard people say that, and those same people that say it are also the people who want to just put on a one-man show. I don't even know why we say the day of the one-man show is over, because there never was a day of the one-man show that God called. God always called for team. God always called for community. God always ordained people to run together, not to run separate races, but to run together. There's just something even, something even just, just, just mentally about uh, in, in the natural whenever you're running. Josiah, and my son, in December, he, he tested for his, his black belt and got his black belt in December, and we were proud of him, and he did a great job breaking boards and, and, and sparring and doing all that stuff but part of, part of the black belt test was also a 5K that they had to run. They had to run a 5K change and then immediately do the sparring and the board breaking and the forms and all that stuff. It was like a, what was it, sweetheart, like a three-hour test. It was like a three-hour test with no breaks. It was pretty crazy. And uh, the thing he was most concerned about was the 5K because he had never run it before. He knew his forms. He knew be able to do well in sparring. He's done that well and all that good stuff. He was a little bit concerned about the board, about the 5K just because he had never run. He had never uh, been in one before. And I told him, I said, "Son, if you just get with a pack of people and you run with them, you're going to be good. Because there's something about when you run with other people and when you run with a pack, they push you to go further than you thought you could." You know, one of the reasons that God has called you to run in community is because whenever you're running after what God has called you to run after and you get with the people that God's called you to be with, they're going to cause you to run further and faster and have the endurance that you wouldn't have if you were by yourself. Because if you were by yourself, you would quit. But when you're linked up with other people, they push you to go further than you thought you could go. They encourage you. That's, that's even what the writer of Ecclesiastes is saying here in, in, in this four, verse 4. For if they fall, one will lift up his companions. That whenever you feel like you can't make it anymore, there's somebody who's saying you can. That whenever you feel like you can't get up because you've made a mistake and you feel like you're disqualified, that there's somebody saying God's still calling you qualified and we haven't thrown you out of the family and we're gonna get through this thing together. That whenever you feel like you've reached the end of your rope, they're saying, they're saying there's more and we can keep going and we're gonna make it. Don't quit now. You didn't run four, you didn't run, get, get 4K into this 5K to quit now. You didn't run 20 miles to stop, 0.1 mile from the finish line. We're going to finish this thing together. Get up and keep running. You need other people in your life running with you and with your family to see your purpose and to see your destiny. Can somebody say amen? There's power in community. There's power in community. We're doing this together. Listen, we have a community. We have a city, a county that needs to be reached, and we can only do it together. I can only do so much, right? Pastor Castle can only do so much. Pastor Garrett can only do so much. Travis can only do so much. All of us can only do so much, but when we are together, there is multiplied effectiveness. That's why the Bible says one can put a 1,000 to fight, but two can put 10,000, because this is the reality. You don't add to me. You make things exponentially better when we're linked together. When you're linked with other people, it's not addition. It's multiplication. It's not just one plus one equals two. It's one plus one equals ten. Together we have such a greater multiplied output whenever we exist and whenever we do life together. Now listen, part of community, and to a certain extent I don't even like the term community as much as I like the term family. Family. Because church is nothing if not a... Come on, shout it out. Church is nothing if not a family. If you haven't heard me say that, there you go. And you're going to hear it about a thousand more times as long as you're here. It is is a, a, a statement that I live my life by. Church is nothing if not a family. Church is nothing if not a family. And by the way, that's not just a slogan or something that we say that's catchy. We live that. We live that, and I could go around this room and people could tell you stories to prove, not that we have to prove anything, but to prove that that's what we live, that that's every day, the good and the bad. The pretty and the ugly, the good days and the bad days. We're family and we mean that. If this is your church, if this is where you feel like God has planted your family, if this is where you're connected, which by the way, if you're coming every Sunday and you've been coming every Sunday, that's probably a good sign that this is the church God is connecting you with, then we're family. It's as simple as that. We're family. I've known Garrett for about four months, four months, five months, something like that. We're family. Never met him before that. Came in one Sunday, met, took him to lunch that week because he just needed somebody to talk to. We're family. Becca's my family. I haven't known her that long. We're family. But also Pastor Gil Sanchez, Pastor Paul Magoe, who I've known for 26 years, are family. They're family. Because that's what we live as a church body. We're not just people who go to church together. We are people that do life together. We are a family. And guess what? If something comes against Paul, something comes against Gil, comes against Garrett, comes against Will, comes against Doc, comes against Tyler, it's not just coming against them, it's coming against all of us. And if the devil takes a swing, it's not just one person swinging back, it's all of us swinging back. Because if one falls, there will be somebody else to pick him up. And if one person is under attack, then guess what? We're all going to hit back. I'm going to say it again. If one person's under attack, we're all going to hit back. We don't leave our wounded behind. We pick them up and we say, we're going to fight when you can't. Because that's what I would do for my my natural brother. And if I would do it for him, I'm going to do it for you. Because church is nothing if not a family. We're going to do life together. We're going to be a community. We're going to be a family. I want you know some things about family real quick. First of all, family is multi-generational. Say multi-generational. For so long, the church, especially local churches, have often thought one-dimensional when it comes to generations. And that's why you have churches kind of show up, blow up, and then dissipate. Because they are only concerned about one generation, and they're not thinking beyond themselves. And at High Praise, one thing we do and we have endeavored to do from day one is we think multi-generationally. Because families are multi-generational. Every Sunday in this, in this building, most Sundays in this building, uh, they were in the first service, not here this service, they went home. But my, my grandparents, my grandpa will be 81 years old this year. He'll be 81 years old. And like I said in the first service, like Caleb at 80, said, Give me my mountain. He said, Grandpa's still got some mountains to take. And he was like, about that? He's still got some things to do. He's not done just because he's 81. Can somebody say, hey, we're almost 81. I don't want to put that extra one on there. He's not done because he's 80. All right, y'all don't shout me now. Listen, if you're, if you're over the age of 60, you should really be shouting right now. You're not done just because you're getting older. God still has a plan for you. But you also have to understand God's not just doing it in your generation and in your life. He's doing it in your kids. And he's not just doing it in your kids. He's doing it in your grandkids. And he's not just doing it in your grandkids, he's doing it in your great-grandkids. Even if they're not here yet, God's already planning what he's going to do in them. And your great-great-grandkids. God is multi-generational. He said, I am the God. He continually says this I am the God of Abraham of Isaac and of Jacob God is revealing something about his character and his nature to us every time he says that what is he telling us it's not just a cool title God of Abraham Isaac and Jacob God is saying this I am I am thinking beyond today and I'm thinking into tomorrow I am thinking generationally I am thinking beyond just Abraham but I'm into Isaac and to Jacob and even going further it took generations to accomplish the plan and will of God and it hasn't changed, it still takes generations running together. That's one reason at High Praise we have all of these groups for different generations because we're not just for young people, and we're not just for middle aged people, and we're not just for seasoned people. Y'all are welcome for using the seasoned word instead of a three letter word that starts with O and ends with D. <laughs> God is interested in generations running together. He is, his plan is multi generational. His plan for high praise is multi generational. We think about it, we're seeing it the other day. Whenever we, uh, I say we, I was 11 years old. Uh, yeah, I was 11 years old. Whenever my parents planted the church and started the church, and Pastor Paul was there, and Pastor Gil and Ruthie were there, and, and some others that are here probably came in the first couple of years. How old were you, Paul? 97? Quick math. Thirty-six. How are you, Gil? Thirty-three. They were both younger when the church was planted than I am now, which is going to make them feel old. And I'm sorry about that, guys. But the reality is, they were both they were both younger then than I am now. God is doing things generationally. I said, God is doing things generationally, and they're not done. They're just getting started too. But the reality is that the reality is, is you have to have multiple generations. That's one reason we've invested so much in our youth over the past several months. Uh, I'm going to let you all in on a little secret. Youth don't really give back. A lot of churches don't invest in youth because there is no immediate return whenever you invest in youth because youth don't have jobs. And by the way, it's very easy to spend a lot of money on youth. If you don't know... This, 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 uh, Garrett's laughing. We keep joking with Garrett and telling him, your budget is over for the year because of everything we've done. That's just a joke. <laughs> kind of, it's kind of a joke. <laughs> we're getting ready to take these kids to, on this trip. And, uh, initially we were going to, I think the charge for the trip, which by the way is still an absolute steal at the charge that was affixed to it. We affixed uh, $250 to the, The charge of this trip, which, by the way, is three days in Universal, two days of Rock the Universe, two nights of hotel, and their transportation for $250. A ticket, a single-day ticket is well over $100 right now just to go into a park for one day. So $250 for the trip. The reality is and a T-shirt and a fanny pack. I know fanny packs seem weird. (laughs) Don't worry. It makes sense. So they don't have to stop and get lockers at every ride. They can just wear their fanny packs on there. We're saving time. We got places to go, things to ride. We got (laughs) to go. The original cost was two hundred and fifty dollars. I think that the the actual middle and some of the young adults that are going they paid full price, but the middle and high school youth that are going paid fifty bucks. And the reason they paid 50 bucks is because people in the church just rose up and started giving to it so kids could go. And we covered every single middle and high schooler that was going uh, and a bus that wasn't included when we originally factored in the cost, which was thousands of dollars. Um, I think the bus was, what, seven grand? The bus was seven grand to take us there and come back. Bless. And that, that was the cheap price, by the way. There were some people that quoted us 12,000. And that's not a joke. That was the most affordable price we got. Literally because we got so many quotes that were high, I was like, we need to check this and like make sure this place is for real and this isn't some sort of scam. I'm going somewhere with this. We invested a lot of money in, in the youth room and things we're doing in there. And we don't do it because we expect some youth to stroke a check for $10,000 tomorrow because they're not going to do it because they don't have that money. But the reality is we are investing in their lives for a future harvest of what they're going to do, what they're going to do for the kingdom, how many people they're going to reach. And the reality is this, the reality is this, whatever you love, you're going to invest in, period. You can't love without giving. And we're investing in our kids, not because we expect them to write checks, but because we know they have destiny, they have purpose, and God wants to do something incredible in their lives. Listen, a lot of our staff today are people that I was teaching in youth years ago and in kids' church years ago. Some of our leaders are people that were in youth whenever I was the youth pastor. And listen, we were investing then and we're going to keep investing in youth and in kids and in nursery because we're not thinking just today. We're thinking 20 years from now because you have to think multi-generationally if you're going to think family and if you're going to think kingdom, you can't just think about you and what you can get and what you can do. You got to think bigger. Family can also be multicultural. Here at High Praise, one of the things that we celebrate is diversity of culture, diversity of races, diversity of backgrounds, diversity of economic situations. Can somebody say amen? I cannot, uh, I mean, let me, let me phrase this better. Let me phrase this a little bit better. I don't want to be the pastor of a church that's just full of a bunch of lily white people. Our community is not just white people. So our church shouldn't be just white people. Can somebody, y'all are getting real quiet in this Presbyterian church this morning. The reality is this, the church should celebrate diversity and it should celebrate absolutely the kingdom looking like heaven, the church looking like heaven. I want to let you in on a little secret, I'll let you in on a little secret. Whenever you go to heaven, you don't fill out a card if you're white, black, Hispanic, Asian, and that's the section you go in, right? Right? And the black section of heaven has more rhythm than the white section. That's not the way it works. We're all worshiping together as every kindred, every tribe, every tongue, and every nation. Right? There is still, and I don't want to get too deep into this, but I, I believe even in, I've preached this before, even in heaven, it's interesting because Paul, excuse me, John, whenever he's taken to heaven, he says, I saw every kindred, every tribe, every tongue, every nation. It's an interesting thing that shows us this one, heaven, you don't become a, a, a glowing white orb and everything's homogenous. Because whenever he was there, he still could distinguish every kindred, tribe, tongue, and nation. It means they must have looked different from each other. And that was celebrated in heaven. And if it's celebrated in heaven, and if John celebrated it, then we should celebrate it here on the earth, here and now. Listen, God didn't call a black church, a white church, a Hispanic church. He called the church. Segregation ended years ago. But it's still been said to this day that the most segregated place you will ever go is church on a Sunday morning. And don't let it be said of high praise because we're different. We celebrate diversity. We celebrate people who are different. Listen, I need people who are different than me. Family doesn't mean you look like me, talk like me, act like me. Family means we're in the same boat going after the same thing together and your difference makes me stronger and makes you stronger. Our differences aren't just ignored and brushed under the rug. They are celebrated. And above all of that, In spite of what our differences might be, we have the greatest unifier, which is the blood of Jesus. That at the end of the day, we are all unified by his blood. Even though we may be different generations, different cultures, different races, different ages, different economic situations, we are all unified by the blood of Jesus, and that's what a family is. Let me just also say this. This isn't my notes, but this is good. In a family, there will always be disagreement. But you don't leave family just because you disagree. You work through disagreement. And family doesn't abandon you whenever you're in a position where you need help. Family sticks with you whenever you need help. Are y'all awake this morning? We're going to be family together. We're going to be a family that walks in unity. And by the way, unity can actually only exist inside of the confines of diversity. Because if it doesn't have diversity, it is not unity. It's conformity. And there is a difference. You don't have to think and act just like me. We just have to understand we are united for a purpose bigger than our differences. We're united for a purpose bigger than whatever differences we may have. So as we start landing the plane, and then I want to tell you about something real quick. I want to challenge you this year. I want to challenge you in this, the, in this message. And I want to challenge that if this is the place God has led you, There's the rain. If this is the place that God has called you to make your family, I want to challenge you to get even more connected this year. I want to challenge you, if you've been on the fringes, get off the fringes and get into the fray. If you've been on the bench, take yourself off the bench and get in the game because there is something God has called you to do. You're not here just to receive. By the way, church family is more than just what goes on from up here to out there. It's relationships that are built. It's breaking bread together. It's going to meals together. Are y'all with me? It's coming into family game night and playing family feud, even though Castle doesn't know the rules to family feud. (laughs) You had to be here. It's connecting with people and building relationships that aren't just Sunday morning. It's people that if you're in a foxhole, you want them in the foxhole with you. it so the reality is if I was in a foxhole, proverbially speaking, and I needed somebody to back me up, pretty much all the people that are on my list, of people that I would want in that foxhole with me, almost all of them are here, either the first or the second service today, because I know at the end of the day, they're the people that are going to have my back because they're family. Even if even if we don't have the same DNA in our blood, we have the same spiritual DNA and we're on the same team and we know each other and we're going after purposes together. I want to challenge you to get even more connected this year. Listen, God's already doing incredible things and we're just getting started. And this year we're expanding even the ways for you to get involved in ministry and also in our community connect groups, our high praise groups. And I want to let you know about something I'm going to kind of Present this to everybody so you can get connected with this. First of all, let me say this before I do this. If you haven't joined the High Priest family already and this is the place God has for you, I encourage you to do that. Uh, this isn't, like I've already mentioned, this isn't some sort of major deal. It's pretty much a formality if this is the church God has for you where you're just giving us information and you're getting connected. That's all it is. Uh, and I want to encourage you to do that. But I also want to encourage you with this. Uh, we are uh, making it easier for you to get connected and know what's going on uh, by uh, beginning to utilize an app uh, it's on the screen. It's called Church Center. Uh, and on Church Center, you can get service times, you can give there. Uh, there's event signups, community connection, and also one of the really cool things. How many of you have kids in here that are either in nursery or kids? How many of you have kids in nursery? Kids, a few of y'all. All right. I know there's got to be more of it all than that because there's a lot more kids over there. Or that we've got some very fruitful people. Uh, but... The reality is, or one of the cool things you are able to do is uh, whenever you wake up in the morning on Sunday, if you're coming to service to start next week, or uh, when you're driving to church, you can go ahead and check your kids in while you're on your way to church, and all you got to do then is pick up your tag, and it'll be a lot simpler process for you. Uh, Go ahead, if y'all will, put up the QR code. This is a QR code. You can go ahead and scan that. Once again, this is one of the only times you'll hear a pastor say this during his message. Please take out your cell phones. Um, and uh, if you will, uh, take out your smartphone. You can scan this. If you don't already have it, uh, you can scan this. It'll take you to either the, uh, the uh, App Store or to the Google Play Store, uh, and you can download the app. Uh, I'm going to give you a minute to do that, but I'm telling you, this is really going to be great. It's really going to streamline connectivity. It's going to make it much easier for you to connect, to know what's going on. You can open that app anytime and see what's coming up, what's going on. And I'll show you some other things you can do in just a minute. Uh, If you can go, if you will, just play the video, if you will. So what's going to happen is when you download the app, you'll be able to open it up. Click that Get Started button. Uh, You can connect with the church a couple different ways. You can either use your location, uh, and it'll pull up the church, and you can just select it. Or you can search High Praise Panama City Uh, in the search bar, uh, as well as the location, and you can select the church that way. Once the church pops up, like it does there, you can select it. There's a button at the bottom that says, this is my church. Uh, You're going to enter in your mobile number, uh, and that is going to then send you a verification code. When you get that verification code, enter it in, much like He's about to do on the screen here in just a second. There it is. He's entering in. Now, don't enter in this code. You will get your own verification code. Enter in that code, uh, and then you will be connected to the church, and uh, it will pop up with your main screen. You'll only have to do that once, and from then on... Anytime you, you open the app, it will already be on the uh, HPPC page. If you will show me the uh, the home page, when you go to the home page, service times, a form to join the families on there, a volunteer form if you want to get connected, and then also a link to our High Praise Family Facebook group. If you're not in there already, I encourage you do that today. Go request access to the High Praise Family Facebook group, um, and also if you want to volunteer, we have areas of ministry right now where we need volunteers and we need people. Uh, And if you want to volunteer, if you want to get connected, do that. Uh, It'll be an incredible blessing. And I just just firmly believe this. Um, whenever, whenever, Whenever you invest in something, there's more that you get out of it. And investment is obviously giving, but I believe it's also giving of your time and your resources and your giftings. Don't hold back the gifts God has for you. Serve and get involved. Amen. Show me the profile page. Also, the profile page uh, is one of the main hubs. You can go there. You can view your volunteer schedule, view events you've RSVP'd to, access groups you've joined. Your giving records will be on there. Uh, and you can even add your own calendar to your Google Cal if you want, so you can make sure that you stay connected with what's going on. Uh, and What's coming up? There's a groups tab. I'm going through now. Before anybody freaks out, I'm going through this fast. I know, I know. We're gonna have staff in the back at the info desk. If you need help, they can help you out, uh, or you can see uh, see anybody back there and they'll help you out. And and but once you get in, it's really pretty self-explanatory. At least to me, it is. There's a groups page. At the top will be groups you've already joined. Once again, this is Travis's profile. So you see he's joined Young Families and also the AMP Men's Ministry. So those show up at the top. But you can find a group. You can go into our High Praise Connect groups or also our ministry trainings and seminars and see what's going on. I want to encourage you, get involved with the group. Get involved with one of our fellowship groups. Build relationship, build community. Uh, And we really have something for every life stage. And we will be adding even more groups uh, throughout this year, I'm sure. But get involved at least in one uh, and just see what's going on meet people get connected with people you need to build relationships amen also uh, we're show me the signups we'll go over the signups page all the events and their information is found on the signups page you can RSVP to each event through that tab and that event will be added to your schedule inside of Church Center. I was gonna say, if you're already in Planning Center, you should already have an account, which is really helpful. And then last but not least, you can also now give through the app as well. Uh, so once again, you can. Uh, not, nothing else is changing. You can still give cash check, you can give up uh, the, the website, you can text the same number, or you can go uh, into the app and give via the app as well. You open that up and enter on what you wanna give. Uh, There's just regular tithes and offerings, and also specialized giving uh, that you can do uh, in the app. Now, listen, I know this isn't really like exciting. It's more of a presentation of something. But I'm telling you, this is going to be something uh, that if you really get connected is going to be an incredible tool and kind of change the way that you interact with things that are going on here at the church. Because a lot of times you hear announcements, you hear things, or, but you're greeting somebody, you're talking to your spouse and you miss stuff. If you ever want to know what's going on, all you got to do is go to the app and you'll be able to see everything that's going on at the church and things that are coming up. And once again, I just want to make that challenge to you. Get more connected this year than you've ever been connected. Allow, don't let this just be the church that you attend on Sunday. Don't let it just be the church that you attend and you hear a message and you hear some good music and, and get a word. Let it be the family that you're part of. Let it be the community that, that is forming you and people that have your back. Because I'm telling you, there are incredible people in this church, and I'm talking about all of y'all. There's incredible people in this church body that if you're not connected with them, you need to be connected with them because it's going to change your life for the good as you get connected and as you get plugged in. Now, listen, we're wrapping up. It's still raining, so y'all are giving me some extra minutes because you ain't going to leave anyways. Y'all are going to go stand in the lobby and wait for it to, st- to stop. We're running this year and we're doing this together. And we're gonna see destiny fulfilled. We're gonna see miracles. We're gonna see prodigals come home. We're gonna see our city restored and we're gonna see God do amazing things, but we're gonna do it as we move in community together. Not as one person goes after God, but as we go after the kingdom, as we go after his face together, we're gonna see things change. There's a lot in our region and in our area that needs to change. How many know at least one thing that needs to change in our region, in our area? How many know at least one thing that needs to change in your life and in your family? It's gonna happen as we run after the Lord together in community. You're gonna see shifting, you're gonna see changing, and God is gonna do incredible things this year. We're up for the task and we're gonna do it. We're not just marathon runners, we're ultra marathon runners. We're certainly not sprinters. We're in this thing for the long haul. And we're gonna see every word come to pass in Jesus' name. Will you stand up to your feet? Just lift your hands to the Lord this morning. Come on, lift your hands to the Lord this morning. I want you to pray with me to say, Father God, come on, church, pray to out. Say, Father God, I thank you today for community that you've called me to. I thank you today that I'm allowing roots to go deep. I thank you today, Father God, that you are linking me with people who are going to push me to destiny, who are going to push me towards purpose, who are going to push me towards you. I thank you, Father God, that as I make that choice today, that destiny awaits me at the finish line, that miracles are my portion, that restoration is my portion. And I thank you that this year, I'm going to run faster, and I'm going to run further as I become deeper deeper connected to community. I thank you for it, and I give you praise, and I give you glory. In Jesus' name, and everybody says, amen, 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 amen. Come on, give lift your voice to him this morning. Thanks again for downloading this podcast. We trust that this message has blessed, encouraged, and edified you. Make sure you subscribe so you never miss a message here from High Praise. Also, you can follow us on social media, on Facebook, and on Instagram. And don't forget to go subscribe to our YouTube channel. We'll be back soon with another incredible message. God bless you and have a great week.